You are now listening to Macro Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of Macrodose, your weekly fix of everything economic. My name is Yanis Varoufakis, I'm an economist, politician, formerly Greece's finance minister and author of several books, including most recently, Techno-Feudalism, What Killed Capitalism, which I will be discussing on today's show. Wherever we turn, we witness the triumph of capital. Capital has prevailed everywhere, in warehouses, factories, offices, universities, public hospitals, the media, in space, but also in the microcosm of patented seeds. So how do I dare claim that capitalism has been killed? By whom? The deliciously ironic answer is, capitalism was killed by its own hand, by capital. If I'm right, the issue is not what AI will do to us in the future, but what has already happened. Capital became so dominant that it mutated into a variant so toxic that like a stupid virus, it killed off its host, capitalism, replacing it with something far, far worse. This new mutant capital that killed capitalism lives in the proverbial cloud. So let us call it cloud capital, which is what I want to talk about on today's show. Now, before I go any further, I want to take a moment to encourage you all to support this vital project over at patreon.com slash macrodose. If you're listening to this, the chances are you already know that our financial and economics media all over the world is woefully out of touch, to put it mildly, from the BBC in Britain, parroting George Osborne's lines of austerity, to the Murdoch empire and the vast flows of wealth washing through our press, we know that mainstream reporting on matters financial and economic aims at distortion and at obfuscation in the interests of the few against the interests of the many. Shows like Macrodose that are independent, people-powered and climate-focused are very rare. James and the team at Planet B bring you this show each and every week without ads or sponsors or paywalls. But they can only keep doing that with your support. So if you enjoy the show and you have the means, please do consider becoming a Macrodose supporter today. You can find them over at patreon.com slash macrodose or by following the link in the show notes of this episode. Together, we can build a new era of independent, progressive economics and financial media. So, what is cloud capital? What makes it so different from capital as we know it? Cloud capital, of course, does not really live up in the cloud, but down on Earth. It consists of network machines, server farms, cell towers, software, AI-driven algorithms, and on our ocean's floors, where untold miles of optic fiber cables rest. Unlike traditional capital, like steam engines, or modern industrial robots that are produced means of production, cloud capital does not produce stuff. It comprises machines manufactured so as to modify human behavior. That's what Amazon's Alexa or Google's Assistant is, a produced means of behavioral modification. It is a machine, a piece of capital, 
which we train to train us, to train it, to determine what we want. And once we want it, the same machine sells it to us directly, bypassing markets. As if that were not enough, the same machinery succeeds in making us sustain the enormous behavioral modification machine network to which it belongs with our free voluntary labor as we post reviews, rate products, upload videos, rants and photos. What we're doing is we are helping reproduce cloud capital without getting a penny for our free labor. In essence, it has turned us into its cloud serfs. Meanwhile, in the factories and their warehouses, where waged proletarians work under increasingly precarious conditions, the same algorithms that modify our behavior and sell products to us directly, the same algorithms are deployed, usually by digital devices tied to the workers' wrists, to make the workers work faster, to direct and to monitor them in real time. I started by saying that wherever we turn, we stumble on the triumph of capital. But it is cloud capital that is the real winner. It is amazing how it performs. At once, five roles that used to be beyond capital's capacities. It grabs our attention. It manufactures our desires. It sells to us directly, outside any traditional markets, what it made us want. It drives proletarian labor inside the workplaces. And it elicits massive, free, cloud-surf labor. Is it surprising that the owners of this cloud capital, let's call them the cloudalists, have a hitherto undreamt power to extract? To extract what? Gargantuan surplus value from proletarians. Untold quantities of free labor from almost everyone and mind-numbing cloud rents from vassal capitalists. Is it a wonder that they are vastly more powerful than Henry Ford or Rupert Murdoch could ever be? Hang on, I hear you say. Is Jeff Bezos really different to Henry Ford? Aren't they all a species of monopolist? No. Amazon.com is not a monopolistic capitalist enterprise. The moment you enter Amazon.com, you have exited capitalism. Sure enough, the place is teeming with buyers and sellers. So yes, it is an enormous trading platform. But no, a market it certainly is not. One man, called Jeff, owns everything. But he is much, much more than a monopolist. Jeff doesn't own the factories that produce the stuff sold on his platform by traditional capitalists who have to use it to ply their trade. What Jeff does own is more important. He owns the algorithm that decides which products you see and which you don't. The very algorithm that you have trained to know you perfectly so that it matches you with a seller whom it also knows perfectly well, so as to maximize the probability that every such match will generate, for Jeff, the highest rent that Jeff can charge the seller 
for what you buy. Up to 40% of what you pay is pocketed by Jeff, by the Cloudalist. The mind rebels at the enormity, but also the radical novelty of the exploitation. The same algorithm that we help train in real time to know us inside out, both modifies our preferences and administers the selection and delivery of commodities that will satisfy these preferences. If you and I were to type electric bicycles while in Amazon.com, we would get totally different recommendations. In a traditional market or shopping mall, it would be as if you and I were walking next to each other, our eyes trained in the same direction, but we saw different things depending on what Jeff's algorithm wants each one of us to see. Everyone navigating around Amazon.com, except Jeff, of course, is wandering around in algorithmically constructed isolation, as if in a panopticon where, unable to see each other, we only see Jeff's all-seeing algorithm, or more accurately, only what his algorithm allows us to see with a view to maximizing his cloud rent. Today's version of the cloud rent that the feudal lords used to extract from their vassals and their peasants. This is not capitalism. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to techno-feudalism. Capitalism, lest we forget, had two pillars, markets and profit. Of course, markets and profit remain ubiquitous. Nevertheless, cloud capital has evicted both markets and profit from the center of our socioeconomic system, pushing them out to its margins and replacing them. Markets, the medium of capitalism, have been replaced by cloud thieves, digital trading platforms which, as we saw, look like but are not markets. Profit, the fuel of capitalism, has been replaced by its feudal predecessor, rent. Specifically, a cloud rent that must be paid for access to those cloud thieves or platforms. But how did cloud capital emerge? It began life in the late 1990s, when the original Internet Commons, that till then functioned as a capitalism-free zone, when those Internet Commons were privatized by the emergent big tech, who paid for the trillions it cost to manufacture and to accumulate cloud capital so quickly in the hands of so very few cloudalists? The startling answer is the G7 countries' central banks, mostly. How did that happen? Well, by accident, or to be more precise, by crisis. After the financial sector collapse of 2008, our central bankers printed up to $35 trillion to bail out the bankers at the time governments were subjecting our peoples to harsh austerity. Capitalists were clever enough to foresee that the many would be too impecunious to buy their stuff. So, instead of investing, they took the central bank money to the stock exchange and the bond markets, where they bought shares, bonds, along with yachts, art, bitcoin, NFTs, any asset they could lay their hands on. The only capitalists who invested in capital were big tech owners. For example, nine out of every $10 that went into creating Facebook came from these central bank monies. 
That's how cloud capital was financed and the cloudalists became our new ruling class. As a result, real power today resides not with the owners of machinery, buildings, railway and phone networks, industrial robots. These old-fashioned terrestrial capitalists continue to extract surplus value from wage labor, but they are not in charge as they once were. They've become vassals in relation to the owners of cloud capital, the cloudalists. As for the rest of us, we have returned to our former status as serfs, contributing to the wealth and power of the new ruling class with our mostly unpaid labor, in addition to the wage labor we perform when we get the chance. Still unconvinced? I know it's hard to part with the term capitalism. It's not just liberals and conservatives who think of capitalism like fish think of the water they swim in. Socialists, too, need to feel that our purpose in life is to overthrow capitalism. So the news that capital beat us to it, and now we have something worse in capitalism's place, is very hard to accept. Indeed, it is mostly my fellow traveling leftist friends who try to dissuade me to convince me that, yes, cloud capital may be important, but this is still capitalism, mate. Let's call it rentier capitalism, or monopoly capitalism, they suggest. But that won't do. Cloud rent, you see, is not like ground rent, since it requires massive investment in new tech. And it is not monopoly rent either. Because Bezos and Zuckerberg, instead of monopolizing markets to sell their manufacturers, like Ford and Edison used to do, they have replaced markets and have no interest in manufacturing anything, unlike Henry Ford and Thomas Edison. How about surveillance capitalism? Again, no. Cloudalists do not simply use algorithms to brainwash us on behalf of advertisers in an otherwise capitalist setting. No. Cloud capital reproduces itself through our free labor. It directly exploits wage labor. And it squeezes cloud rents from vassal capitalists in trading platforms that are not markets. This is not capitalism, folks. But what about the observation that techno-feudalism is parasitic on the capitalist sector within it? Yes, it is true. Were the conventional capitalists to die out, Cloudalists would perish, unable to skim off cloud rents from manufacturers. So? After capitalism overthrew feudalism, capitalists were also parasitic on landowners, in the sense that without private land producing food, capitalism would wither. Similarly now, while the traditional capitalist sector feeds techno-feudalism, it is cloud capital and cloud rent that dominate. At this point, it is important to recall Marx's maxim that the point is not to interpret, but to change the world. So does it matter if this is still capitalism or whether we call it techno-feudalism or something different? I think it does. Recognizing that our world has become techno-feudal helps us grasp the enormity of what it will take to organize the victims of exorbitant power. The exploited who now include not only wage laborers, but also the hordes of cloud serfs who are reproducing the very cloud capital that keeps them in a state of deepening precarity. 
The concept of techno-feudalism drives home the point that organizing auto workers and nurses, while still essential, is insufficient. It elucidates what it will take to organize the movements against the fossil fuel cartel, when our means of communication are run on cloud capital primed to poison public opinion. It explains how the shift to electric cars caused German deindustrialization, as profits due to precision mechanical engineering are being replaced by rents extracted by owners of the cloud capital keeping tabs on the driver's routes and in-cabin habits. Elon Musk's decision to buy Twitter suddenly makes a lot more sense as an interface between his mechanical capital, stock at Tesla, SpaceX, and cloud capital. The new Cold War between the United States and China, especially after the war in Ukraine, is explained as the repercussion of an underlying clash between two techno-feudalisms, one whose cloud rents are denominated in dollars, the other in one. Isn't it mind-boggling? It took mind-bending scientific breakthroughs, fantastical neural networks, and imagination-defying artificial intelligence programs to accomplish what? To create a world where, while privatization and private equity asset strip our physical wealth around us, cloud capital goes about the business of asset stripping our brains. To own our minds individually, we must own cloud capital collectively. Once we have reclaimed our minds, we can put them collectively to work out a way to create a new cloud capital commons. It will be damned hard. But it's the only way you can turn our cloud-based artifacts from a produced means of behavioral modification to a produced means of human collaboration and emancipation. Cloud serves, cloud proles, and cloud vassals of the world unite. We have nothing to lose but our mind chains. Thank you for listening to today's show. Macrodose is a Planet B production. If you enjoyed the show and you'd recommend it to friends, please consider leaving us a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. You can find all our episodes, including our bonus interview content, on our Patreon at patreon.com slash macrodose.